episode about the Community Mental Health Transformation Programme, we take a review of some of the important work to date and look forward to the developments to come. My name is Lisa Williams and joining me for this chat today are... Hi, I'm Dr Sarah Lunt. I'm consultant clinical psychologist with the personality disorder treatment team CAST uh, attached to North Staff's Combined Healthcare. Hi, I'm Angie Upton and I am Deputy Head of Operations at Midlands Partnership Foundation Trust for Adult and Older Adult Mental Health Services. And I'm Jane Munson-Davis. I'm Associate Director for Stoke Community Mental Health Services at Combined Healthcare and I've also got a lead role for Community Mental Health Transformation with the Trust. Thank you so much for joining the podcast today. So today we're going to be looking back at what we've achieved so far in the transformation and what we want to achieve in year two of the transformation. Um, And just to note that this podcast is jointly produced by MPFT and Combined Healthcare as well. So we'll start with Sarah for the first question. So can you explain what the personality disorder pathway is in North Staffordshire and what it means for the transformation? Yeah, so the personality disorder pathway in North Staffs aims to meet the needs of clients with personality disorder and or complex emotional needs through offering a menu of evidence-based treatments relevant to a person's needs and presentation using a stepped care approach. So we have several levels of treatment ranging from lower intensity to higher intensity options. Our most intensive option is offered through our local CAST team, which is the Community Assessment Stabilisation and Treatment Team. Um, And the initial focus through NHS England and Health Education England was around this higher intensity group. So we now offer two high intensity programmes known as Structured Clinical Management and Mentalisation Based Treatment. We locally, we currently offer some lower intensity options within our community mental health teams and the focus moving forward will be around bolstering and improving these offers in order to increase access to psychological therapies for people uh, with complex emotional needs, accessing our CMHTs and primary care services. Um, In terms of transformation, this means that we're We're aligning well with the proposed expectations in the long term plan to increase access to psychological therapies for people with severe mental health problems, specifically in relation to people with personality disorder and complex emotional needs. And we are working really hard to engage colleagues across the system to improve pathways and processes to ensure a more seamless and trauma-informed approach to the care of people with these presentations as was expected through the transformation agenda. Thanks Sarah. So we'll go to Angie for the next question. Can you, um, basically the same question to you um, but just about the south of Staffordshire? Yeah sure, so Um, From the South Staffordshire and Midlands Partnership Foundation Trust perspective, um, we're coming from a slightly different start point, I guess, from our colleagues in the north. Um, The personality disorder pathway, um, now renamed the ILS or the Intensive Life Skills Pathway, um, was sort of launched around five years ago. 
um, and was sort of established with service user involvement. So we came, started this pathway a little earlier than transformation. And prior to the launch of community mental health transformation, um, we had um, evaluated the delivery of ILS and it had shown to provide positive outcomes for people with very high levels of risk due to emotional regulation and high levels of distress. So we knew there was elements that were already working for this service user group when community transformation was launched. Um, what transformation has meant that really the change has been that the threshold for the service um, is being removed and challenged. So any service users experiencing emotional dysregulation will be able to access this structured, nice, compliant treatment to support them to maintain their safety and work towards their person-centred goals, really. So the pathway does offer structured clinical management, as our colleagues in the north do, and trauma-focused therapies, with the transformation work focusing on improving access and flexibility, ensuring that people are not excluded from accessing the pathway due to difficulties engagement with engagement, because this is something that we've known um, has been associated with historical experience of services for this client group. So we've got a strong lived experience input into the pathway from people who have experienced the service previously and have been able to share what would make it most helpful. And our plan is to embed this further going forward through introducing lived experience roles within the pathway. So there are similarities, but we're obviously coming from a slightly different start point than our colleagues in the north. Thanks, Angie. Um, so the next question, I'll go to Jane for this one. Um, so Jane, what is the community rehab pathway and what does it mean for the transformation um, in the north? Thanks, Lisa. So the community rehabilitation pathway um, is an enhanced community approach really to supporting service users who have enduring and complex mental health needs. It's a really flexible approach and it wraps around the individual providing intense support um, and helps them to continue their recovery in the community. It really means that care plans are co-produced with service users and the team uh, and it designs a programme that will support identified needs and goals. It includes things like medication and physical health and also housing and employment needs. The service in the north can offer um, eight complex supported living beds as well, uh, as well as input into the people's homes uh, and to care providers as well. The team also works closely with the inpatient rehab services uh, and the complex care team. It plays a key role in supporting the transition as well for people who may be in out of area placements and bringing them back to services in the local community, which is really important. Thanks, Jane. Um, so I'll go back to you, Angie, just so you can um, talk about the rehab pathway in the south and what it means for the transformation. Yeah, sure. So. Um, Different in the South in terms that it's very much a community based only approach in the South. So the community rehab pathway is developed through co-production with those with lived experience um, and obviously informed by the, uh, the national vision and values described in the transformation strategy. Early conversations with service users consultation led to the pathway being refreshed and renamed in the South. So uh, the name being Future Focus now, which was selected through those service user engagement sessions. And they put sort of a, an extra title in brackets with that with overcoming life's challenges together. So we were pleased that they were able to come up with their own um, title rather than community rehab. Um, 
So further supervisor workshops have gone on um, and described the ambition for a service that focus on, focuses on what matters to me rather than what's the matter with me, which was a really important aspect of this, um, of this pathway. Um, so future focus, as we call it, promotes person-centred goals and outcome measures for those with significant challenges as a result of severe and enduring mental health issues. Um, the workshops I referred to earlier provided a, a meaningful mandate as a basis for the service specification to be developed for this pathway. And this has then been procured from the voluntary care social enterprise sector with a focus on employing support workers, mostly with lived experience, to deliver new, a new service locally as part of the NPFT neighbourhood approach, which we have throughout our transformation. So future focus draws on existing community assets, local knowledge, as well as tried and tested service models, working alongside people, as well as being embedded within the recently transformed clinical services. So really it delivers strength-based co-produced interventions characterized by consistent consistent workers with the time to both engage and work alongside people over an extended period of time. This then ensures recovery is meaningful and sustainable and focusing what matters to them in living valued lives within the community of their choice. So that's future focus in the South. Thanks Angie. Um, so there's lots of work going on in the North and the South. So it'd be interesting to have a little bit of a discussion um, about this next question. Um, so how have these changes impacted service users and the community? I think if I start from, from my perspective, um, I think the step down and step up without starting again is something we're hearing quite a lot. So service users being able to have varying levels of intervention without having to restart a pathway all over again. So it's that joined up approach, having our voluntary care social enterprise sectors as our partners working much closer with us. So it's very needs led and, and starting to show that we can we can raise the intensity and lower the intensity of support depending on the need and pull in that more um, holistic approach around things like financial well-being and housing, things that really matter to those individuals coming through that will support them in living um, a better life within their community for them so we're really starting to see that joined up working um in a in a more uh, regular way in a more normal way than we would have done before transformation i think i'd agree with angie i think absolutely it's a far more inclusive um, it's far more person-centred responsive to people's needs whether that be in terms of early intervention or more intensive support that's more fluid and far more responsive in how we meet those people's needs I think a good example is the community lounges in Stoke-on-Trent where we've got that access in local community places um, and, and that can be anything from sort of tea and toast it can be support with housing your benefits mental health support, social care, and it really is, as Angie says, having that in the community for people to access a far more responsive way and improve that access to services. So there's lots of work going on in the North and the South, but how have these changes impacted service users and the community? Yeah, so I think, I think for us, we are at a different stage of development than our colleagues in the South. And for us, I think one of the biggest things for me has been the observation that we're picking up and treating people who perhaps wouldn't have previously been offered psychological therapies. They might have um, disengaged, perhaps been discharged for disengagement or in the context of disengagement. 
um, and they might have likely deteriorated really through a lack of evidence-based treatment access, which in the past can lead to more problems for people, increased use of substances, self-harm, isolation. So for me, it feels it feels like we're rapidly picking people up and connecting with them and helping them to think about um, evidence-based treatments. We are seeing another big change for us is we're seeing really positive results for our clients, both through qualitative feedback from them and also through the regular outcome measures we use. And we really hope that this work is promoting a, a positive view of people with personality disorder and complex emotional needs within the community and demonstrating to people that treatment is possible and recovery is achievable. Some of our longer term aims now are to help our clients with complex emotional needs and personality disorder to reintegrate into the community uh, through some of our other transformation offers and our partnerships with colleagues in the third sector, voluntary agencies. Um, we'd really like to work on having some of our current service users contribute to future service design developments and delivery as well. So that's something we're working on. And our staff are currently working on developing options for reintegration, including the development of a cafe where clients graduating from our treatment programmes can engage with local voluntary organisations in the community. So that's really where we, we're looking to go next in the north. Yeah, the, just a couple of more things, Lisa, really for this is, I think for all of us, we've really, really working hard across the system on strengthening the service user's voice and working towards co-production of our services. So making sure that we, we hear that voice of our service users and we hear and value what they're saying to us. So we're really strengthening how we do that and, and reducing thresholds and criteria and barriers to accessing service. That's, that's really important. So we know that we've got a true needs-led approach across the system that allows easy easier access to services and as I said before that that easier step up step down when needed so service users are finding it should be finding it as transformation progresses much easier to navigate access and then navigate our services so hopefully that's what it will feel like now transformations really kicking in thanks well there's lots of positive uh, stuff coming out there um, so I'll move on to the next question. Um, so the next few questions are for Jane here. But I know you just mentioned the community lounges. But from a leadership perspective, what has been the most standout moment so far within the transformation? Thanks, Lisa. I think for me, it's absolutely hearing the real life success stories and the positive outcomes for individuals and families. I think particularly people, um, for example, have multiple needs now being supported in a more cohesive way. Uh, people no longer falling between the gaps in services, those thresholds that Andrew's talking about. Uh, for example, we've got a lot of work going on about working with people with substance misuse and mental health needs, as well as those who find themselves homeless and maybe um, sleeping rough on our sleeps. So that I can. <laughs> For example, a lot of work's taken place to better support people with substance misuse and mental health needs, as well as those who find themselves sleeping rough on our streets. I'm really proud that uh, for people with severe mental illness, we're now helping support them with comprehensive health checks to help tackle inequalities in health outcomes. And as well as those checks, there's actually support now in place to address any of the health and lifestyle concerns it might have uh, with some newly commissioned services through the voluntary sector. 
I'm really, really excited about the work that we're doing at the moment as well that bridges the gap between primary and secondary care. And that's been particularly successful and it'll continue to grow into next year with more mental health practitioners being based in GP surgeries. So all of these things for me will help improve access to mental health services for people. I mean, they can get help when they need it for the most appropriate service. Thanks, Jane. I think you might have just answered my next question, actually. Um, but is there anything that you're particularly particularly looking forward to happening in the next half of the transformation? Yeah, and I'm really looking forward to building on the successes of the first 18 months um, and tackling some of the more challenging elements of the transformation programme. I think with an expansion of workforce, I'm looking forward to seeing an improvement in how quickly we respond to people who need support, particularly psychological therapies. I think our clinical pathways are going to be better defined over the coming months as well. And our community teams are going to have access to more support options to meet people's needs. A lot of work's also underway to improve the way we work with people to develop an individual care plan. And going forward, this is going to be far more person-centred and clear, and we'll have much better ways of capturing and monitoring outcomes of people. So I think there's a lot of work to be done still as part of the transformation programme, and it's just exciting to be part of that, really, as it moves forward and goes from strength to strength. You have been listening to a joint podcast between Combined Healthcare and MPFT, put out across Combined Healthcare's Combinations podcast. Other episodes of the Combinations podcast can be found on Spotify, SoundCloud and Apple Podcasts.